Good afternoon, everyone. I'll be update this Friday. You're just going to have to wait until next week. As the Manhattan Grand Jury investigating the former president over hush money payments turned to other matters yesterday, and are not scheduled to meet today either, delaying until next week, at the earliest, a vote on whether to indict. Meanwhile, those fake images you might have seen of Trump being arrested by the NYPD and Russian President Putin behind prison bars have flooded social media. Both are being produced using increasingly sophisticated and widely available image-generating software powered by AI. We'll have the latest details. An NYPD officer rappelled down a skyscraper in Manhattan to stop a man who was facing financial fraud charges from jumping out of a 31st floor window. The road to the playoffs continues in the NBA. Paulo Banchero's 21 points included a three with under a minute and a half to go and two free throws in the final seconds to help the Magic turn back the Knicks. Meanwhile, in Brooklyn, Isaac Okoro hit a three-pointer from the corner with .7 seconds left and finished with 11 as the Cavaliers beat the Nets. And out in the American West in Utah, they've become the first state to sign into law legislation that attempts to limit teenagers' access to social media sites. Republican Governor Spencer Cox signed a pair of measures requiring parental consent before kids can sign up for sites like TikTok and Instagram. This is the update Friday, March the 24th, 2023. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Friday. TGIF to all of you out there. It's a Friday where, you know, we've been dancing around some showers in the early part of the day. It's supposed to be staying cloudy today uh, for the most part. But, you know, we can't rule out another shower here and there, depending on where you are. The real rain is supposed to be coming uh, tomorrow, where it will most likely be a washdown. And then Saturday, back Sunday, I should say, not Saturday, <laughs> a Sunday back half of the weekend is looking pretty good. Another day where it's supposed to be in the 60s. Yes, yeah, so we've been getting spoiled for the most part ever since spring started, and uh, we're probably going to keep it that way a little bit as we warm up on the road to spring break. Once again, wait for spring break. It's a time for rest and relaxation, as we all know. (laughs) 
I'm Brandon Joy, and of course, folks, we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Friday, of course, with the ongoing wait on a possible indictment of the former president. That Manhattan grand jury investigating him over the hush money payments turned to other matters yesterday, and they're not scheduled to meet today because a grand jury does not ordinarily meet on Fridays. It means, of course, that they are going to be delaying until next week at the very earliest a vote on whether to indict. That's according to a person who's familiar with this matter. Of course, you also remember they didn't convene at all yesterday. Wednesday, I should say. And yesterday it considered matters other than the Trump probe. It wasn't clear whether prosecutors had been planning to question some more witnesses before the grand jury next week or when a vote might be taken about whether or not to indict him, of course. Meanwhile, you might have been seeing around social media these fake images of the former president being arrested by the NYPD and Russian President Putin behind prison bars. They've been flooding social media in recent days. Both have been produced using increasingly sophisticated but widely available image-generating software powered by AI. The images were among scores of visuals to go viral on social media following the release of a newer, more powerful version of a popular image-generating program. Misinformation experts warned that such charges in convincingly real synthetic images will become commonplace, especially, of course, during major news events. They suggest better public awareness about the emerging technology is most definitely needed. In Washington, the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, investigating the former president, of course, has rebuffed House Republicans' request to turn over documents. The office called the effort a, quote, unprecedented inquiry into an ongoing probe. In a letter obtained by the Associated Press, the general counsel for Manhattan DA Bragg admonished the congressional request as, quote, an unlawful incursion into New York's sovereignty. The response from Bragg's office comes three days, of course, well, not three days, but days, after the Republican chairman of three House committees sent a letter to him seeking information about his actions in the Trump case, which they characterize as, quote, an unprecedented abuse of prosecutorial authority. Of course, we'll have the very latest on this ongoing developing saga, of course, on Monday's edition of the update. On to some of the other news now of this Friday. And back here in the city limits, an NYPD officer repelled down a Manhattan skyscraper to stop a man who was facing financial fraud charges from jumping out of a 31st floor window. The daring arrest happened after federal agents went to the man's apartment near Carnegie Hall on Wednesday morning to take him into custody. Authorities say that rather than giving himself up, the man broke a window, sat on the ledge, and threatened to jump. 
After an eight-hour standoff, Detective James Tobin of the EMS unit, ESU unit, I should say, rappelled down to the man's apartment from one floor up. Videos of the episode show Tobin kicking the man back into the apartment while officers inside grabbed him. Here's a new report from the American Library Association that says that attempted book bannings and restrictions at school and public libraries continue to surge, setting a record last year. The report released yesterday says more than 1,200 challenges were recorded by the association last year, nearly doubled from the then-record total from 2021. Deborah Caldwell-Stone is the director of the ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom. She says she has, quote, never seen anything like this, and calls the last two years, quote, exhausting, frightening, and outrage-inducing. Uh, librarians created, uh, excuse me, librarians around the library have been uh, told of being harassed and threatened with either violence or legal action. Meanwhile, the lawyer for a one-time Trump supporter caught up in a January 6th conspiracy theory is demanding that Fox News and Tucker Carlson apologize for the, quote, many falsehoods he says they have spread about his client. The actions taken on behalf of Raymond Epps specifically referenced the current $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox by a voting machine company that claims that the network spread lies about it related to the 2020 presidential election. The demand indicates that people caught up in conspiracy theories are fighting back legally. The lawyer, Michael Tedder, says he's putting Fox on notice for potential litigation. Uh, Fox themselves had uh, no immediate comment. A cleric has been now been arrested in his native Jamaica and extradited to here in New York to face state terrorism charges on the accusations of recruiting support for the Islamic State group has now been sentenced to 18 years in prison, in state prison. Abdullah El Faisal was convicted back in January in Manhattan State Supreme Court on counts including soliciting or providing support for an act of terrorism. The state law he was prosecuted under was placed was put in place after 9-11, and prosecutors said his case was the first ever state-level trial on a terrorism charges. Uh, an attempt to leave a message for his attorney was uh, unsuccessful. In other news, uh, jurors' names are going to be kept secret at the upcoming trial of a writer's rape rape lawsuit against the former president. A federal judge here in New York made that ruling yesterday. Excuse me. He cited what he called, quote, a very strong risk that jurors would otherwise face harassment, pressure, and invasions of privacy. The case is set to go to trial next month. Trump's accuser says that he raped her in a New York department store dressing room in the mid-1990s. He denies it and says that he doesn't even know her. 
And a lot of these juries are very unusual, particularly outside of criminal cases. The Associated Press and the date in the New York Daily News objected to the plan for the civil case. And finally, you might have heard this story the last couple of days. There were five mischievous boys out on Staten Island that had to be rescued after they crawled through a storm drain and got lost. It happened back on Tuesday. In audio released by the FDNY, 911 dispatchers worked to pinpoint the boys' exact location and then tell them to scream once rescuers are close enough to hear. The five boys were 11 and 12 years old. They crawled into a storm drain and called 911 after they couldn't find their way back. They were rescued after about an hour in the tunnel. None of them had any uh, significant industry injuries, I should say. It's time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Friday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and how the road to the playoffs is continuing in the NBA with less than 10 games to go. Brooklyn and the Knicks, they are trying to stay out of the NBA while playing tournaments. And it's not exactly going very well. We'll tell you about it. We'll also tell you about how cash-strapped millennials are begging their parents to move in and babysit for them. And then, of course, we're going to talk the latest national news, including how in Washington, a Pennsylvania woman linked to a far-right extremist movement has been sentenced to three years in prison for storming the Capitol and then invading then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office with other rioters. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, uh, when the update Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, home of the Summer White House, this is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. I overdosed on heroin and I lived. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. My desire to change had finally outweighed my desire to stay the same. I felt powerless for so much of my life. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. For the first time, I, I finally feel like I'm exactly where I should be, where I want to be. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian.
keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies. It's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Centerbound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard 24-7 for station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning February 27th, skip-stop service is not running from Jamaica Center Parsons Archer to Crescent Street. Trains will be making local stops instead. Use nearby Cypress Hills, 85th Street Forest Parkway, or the 104th Street stations. Also consider using the Q56 bus, making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street will be temporarily closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, you'll still be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer. To make the transfer, exit the station and walk across 14th Street from 6th to 7th Avenue or vice versa to reach the other side of the station. Tap your Omni payment method or swipe your Metro card and you'll automatically receive a free transfer to re-enter the station. If your trip starts or ends on a bus route, this will not count against your free transfer. Note that single-ride Metro cards are not eligible for out-of-system transfers. If your trip involves traveling through Midtown, you may instead opt to transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, and M trains at Times Square 42nd Street or 42nd Street Bryan Park via the 42nd Street Shuttle Passageway, which will be open 24-7 during the closure. As an alternative route for transferring between the 1, 2, 3, and L trains, take the N, Q, R, or W trains between Times Square 42nd Street and 14th Street Union Square. Hey, bus riders, why not tap and go with Omni? When everyone does, your bus will move even faster. Go to Omni.info for more information. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, Pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are no longer accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. 
So, let us begin our adventures in the National Basketball Association. That's probably not how they say the NBA in Spanish, but leave me alone. <laughs> Down in Florida, uh, the Knicks were playing the Magic. Paulo Banchero's is 21, included a three, with just under a minute and a half to go, and two three throws in the final seconds to help the Magic turn back the Knicks. 111 to 106. Cole Anthony added 18, and Wendell Carter Jr. added 16 with eight rebounds. Rebounds. <laughs> there we go. Franz Wagner scored 16 in the fourth before leaving with an ankle injury. <clears throat> Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel Quickly scored 25 apiece for the Knicks, who have lost their third in a row. Julius Randle finished with 23 with nine rebounds. Let's move over to Brooklyn. Nets battling the Cavaliers. Isaac Okoro hit a three-pointer from the corner. With just under a second to go, and finished with 11 as the Cavs beat the Nets 116-114. Donovan Mitchell, he scored 31. Evan Mobley at 26 with 16 boards. And Jared Allen finished with 12 points and 10 boards against his former team. Cleveland has now won 8 of their last 10. Mikhail Bridges scored 32. Spencer Dinwiddie had 25 with 12 assists. And Joe Harris had 5 three-pointers and finished with 15 points as the Nets, they lost their fifth in a row. And from the hardwood, we go over to the ice. Down in Raleigh, North Carolina, Adam Fox ended a 24-game stretch without a goal, and the Rangers overcame the Hurricanes 2-1. Fox scored at 4-1 of the third period, and the Rangers forged a two-game split of a two-game set this week among the contenders in the Metropolitan Division. Artemi Panarin also scored and assisted on the goal-ahead goal. That probably will make sense to some people more than others. <laughs> Mika Zibanejad had two assists for the Rangers. Sebastian Ajo had the lone goal for Carolina, and Frederick Anderson stopped 14 shots. Hurricanes, they could have pl clinched an Eastern Conference playoff spot with a win, but they'll have plenty more chances as this was just the beginning of a four-game homestand. Now, folks, when uh, we return on the update this Friday, uh, there's plenty more stuff to talk about, including the latest in national news. In Washington, a Pennsylvania woman linked to a far-right extremist movement has now been sentenced to three years in prison for storming the Capitol and then invading then-Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office with the other rioters. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, uh, when the update of Brandon Julian returns... After these messages. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, during the lighter segments of this show, when I make jokes, I sometimes lie up here. I I'm not proud of it. <laughs> but even when I worked, if I told my teenage staff not to lie, I'm kind of lying to them. 
If you ever work with kids, they know what they say, like, you should never lie to a child. And those people have never worked or had kids. Because when you're working with kids or you've had kids, you lie to them all the time. You're like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share with you, but Santa said I can't. Now, why don't you go to sleep so I can wrestle your mom? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um... Rad, just the same. To learn more, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Beijing Common Sense. Beijing Common Sense. Anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. Getaway Friday for uh, some of us, most definitely, of course, a Friday for others, you know, as we uh, just keep rolling right along on the road to a spring break 2023. Many people look forward to it, of course, as a time of uh, rest and uh, relaxation. Whereas, personally, I look forward to it, so it's an opportunity (laughs) to give my voice a break for a little while. You think doing this show five days a week is easy? Oh, on the contrary, sir, it is not. I'm sorry, sir or madam. Doing this show five days a week is definitely not easy. My wife notices it, too. Like, you know, you should take a break sometime. And I'm like, I've tried I can't. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything for my wife, as I've said time and time again. And, uh, you know, she always, like, she always wants, like, the best, like, the best for us, uh, you know. And um, she's like, you know, let's work out together. Let's work out together. She, you know, because she wants to get in shape. Uh, I want to try to get in shape too. It's always encouraging to have your partner help you uh, get in, uh, get in shape. You know, too. But we do it for for a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm getting sweaty. Let's stop. I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, this is another one. My wife occasionally will go, let's go on a date. I just mean, you know, let's go on a date. I'm like, we can't. I mean, it's true. We can, but <laughs> we can't. We're basically married. Unless you're talking about with other people, and I don't think you are. She's like, we can go, let's go, yeah, we can go on a date. I'm like, no, we cannot go on a date. Because A, I'm not going to be able to pick the restaurant. Because I'm going to ask you, what do you, what do you want to eat? She's going to be like, I don't care. I'm like, okay, how about Italian? Mm. I'm not going to get to pick the movie. And there's a real good chance I'm not going to get lucky. That's not a date. On a real date, I mean Italian food. And I make lucky. <laughs> But that's, you know, people, that's just a part of getting married. And if you haven't been married, you know, there are certain things that, you know, you just do not want to do. Like game night. Game night, from what I've been told, is a total woman's thing. <laughs> it's where you get together with a bunch of other people, or you go by yourselves as a couple, and you play these board games, and you get into a screen match, and it's hysterical, as long as it's not you. But only the women... Honestly, when you think about it, only the women can really come up with this stuff. Be like, you know, it'd be so fun. Let's get the husbands together. Cindy, that is awesome. You will never hear five guys around a deer camp going like, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure if this is the alcohol talking, but I sure wish the wives were here. Because they would be shot. <laughs> My wife and I are playing Uno. Now, I have not played Uno since, um, in a long time. I think since my days of summer camp a couple of years ago. And, uh, whether you think about it or not, I always thought there was a rule that you can't put a different color. Like, if you have a color skip, and then you put a different color room, so I thought that doesn't count. But apparently to my wife, because it's her room, it's her rule, so, you know, it counts. I mean, what am I, uh, what am I supposed to do? It's her room. <laughs> the skinny of the argument is, of course, we argue about that. A fun argument, though. We get into a fight and everybody else just has a good time. <laughs> One day I'm going to beat her. One day I will beat her in Uno. Uno, Monopoly, whatever it might be. I'm determined to win. I'm determined to beat her at her own game. If it means sinking down to her level. One thing we don't stoop to around here in our level is the news, of course. <laughs> and bearing that in mind, national news, it is next for us around here, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian continues. From New York, the herbal supplement that's not approved by the FDA. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy, and I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much, from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between. It really is so special, and boy, is it exhausting. 
One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From New York, where every house is a haunted house, this is the Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Update, Brandon Julian, on a Friday, everyone. Getaway Friday for some of us. Of course, most definitely a Friday for others. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, let us talk together right now, of course. The latest national news. And we are going to begin here in New York, where you might have seen, if you've been paying attention to social media in the last couple of days, about these fake images of the former president being arrested by the NYPD and Russian President Putin behind bars. Both of these images were produced using increasingly sophisticated and widely available image-generating software powered by artificial intelligence. The images were among scores of visuals to go viral this week, of course, following the release of a newer, more powerful version of a popular image-generating platform, program, I should say. Misinformation experts warn that such surges in convincingly real synthetic images will become commonplace, especially during major news events. They suggest better public awareness about the emerging technology is most definitely needed. In other news, we're going to go to Washington, where a Pennsylvania woman linked to a far-right extremist movement has now been sentenced to three years in prison for storming the Capitol and invading then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office with the other rioters. The judge who sentenced Riley June Williams yesterday also presided over her trial last year. Williams was charged, but not convicted, of helping steal a laptop from Pelosi's office suite during the riot on January 6th. A jury convicted Williams back in November on six charges, including a felony count of civil disorder, but it deadlocked on two other counts, including aiding and abetting the laptop's theft. Theft. I should say. There we go. Theft. (laughs) You might have heard all these bans going on across the country from transgender students, whether it's what's happening in Florida with the Don't Say Gay Bill, or in many other states. The latest being track and field. They've banned transgender athletes from international competition while adopting the new regulations that could keep Castor Semenya and other athletes with differences in sex development from competing. The World Athletics Council adopted the same rules as swimming did last year, in deciding to bar athletes who have transitioned from male to female and have gone through male puberty. No such athletes currently compete at the highest elite levels of track. 
World Athletics President Seb Coe said the update for athletes with differences in sex development, such as Seminaya, will have to undergo hormone-suppressing treatment for six months before competing to be eligible for events outside of the previously restricted range of 400 meters to a mile. And down in New Orleans, a federal appeals court has blocked the president's order that federal employees get vaccinated against COVID. The fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans rejected the arguments that Biden, as the nation's chief executive, has the same authority as the CEO of a private corporation to require that employees be vaccinated. The ruling from the full appeals court, 16 judges at the time, reversed an earlier ruling by a three-judge appellate panel that had upheld the vaccination requirement. Opponents of this policy say that it was an encroachment on federal workers' lives that neither the Constitution nor federal statutes authorize. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update, Brandon Julian returns in just six to seconds. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, <laughs> we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Welcome back uh, to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Friday, everyone. A Friday for some of us, most definitely a getaway Friday for others. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. We're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to go out to the American West in Salt Lake City, Utah. Because the state of Utah, they become the first state to sign into law legislation that attempts to limit teenagers' access to social media sites. Governor Spencer Cox signed a, measure, a pair of measures uh, yesterday. Requiring parental consent before kids can sign up for sites like TikTok and Instagram. The two bills that, Sox, that Cox signed into law also prohibit kids under 18 from using social media between the hours of 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. They also require age verification for anyone who wants to use social media in the state and, <clears throat> and seek to prevent tech companies from luring kids to their apps using addictive features. Other states such as Arkansas, Texas, Ohio, and Louisiana both have similar bills in the works. (laughs) 
In other news, we're going to go down to Columbia in South Carolina. The governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is now walking back his characterization of Russia's war in Ukraine as a, quote, territorial dispute. The reversal follows the criticism from a number of fellow Republicans who have expressed concern about the potential 2024 presidential candidate's dismissive description of the conflict. In excerpts of an interview with Piers Morgan that were set to air yesterday, DeSantis said his earlier written statement had been, quote, mischaracterized, and he didn't think that Russia had a right to take Ukrainian territory. In the latest interview, he also sought to toughen his position toward Russia, calling President Putin as a, quote, war criminal. Back in Utah, out of Park City, the specter of that missing GoPro camera footage documenting the 2016 ski collision between Gwyneth Paltrow and a retired Opto... 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 My trust has now been raised at trial there. The daughter of a man suing Paltrow testified yesterday that her father, Terry Sanderson's health and cognitive function, deteriorated after the, con- after the collision when he broke his ribs and suffered from a concussion. Paltrow has claimed that Sanderson was actually the culprit for the collision, uh, and her attorneys also questioned the daughter about her father's mentions of Paltrow's wealth and celebrity. Paltrow is likely to be called to testify either today or early next week. (coughs) And finally, uh, talking the NCAA tournament, uh, Marquise Noel broke the tournament record for assists in a game with 19 his last two on spectacular passes in the final minute of overtime. And Kansas State beat Michigan State 98-93 in a sweet 16 thriller at the Garden. Playing in his hometown and fighting through a second-half ankle injury, Noah found Keontae Johnson for a reverse alley-oop with 52 seconds left in OT. <clears throat> to give the Wildcats the lead for good in this back-and-forth East region semifinal. Noel finished with 20 points and 5 steals. A.J. Hoggard left uh, led Michigan State with 25. Kansas State will either face either Tennessee or Florida Atlantic for a berth in the Final Four. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. Uh, that's the way it is. Friday, March the 24th, 2023. That is the update on this Friday and for this week. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, I hope you please be well. The wait continues on the Trump indictment. We'll have to wait until... Well, i got to wait and see about next week whether it might happen then. Anyway, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for spending some of your time with us. I hope all of you have a good weekend, and we'll see you right back here, ready to go, next week on Monday.